Hello again, it's Scott Hamilton with another podcast, this one of a much different nature. We will call this an opinion podcast. Uh, If you're not into music, the music industry, if you're not into radio and the radio industry, you might find this a little boring. But if you are in either one of those camps, we're going to cover two major topics during this radio and music podcast. A little background, I've been in radio over 30 years. Not to give away my age, but I started in the mid-80s in college, and I have quite a bit of experience with multiple formats, um, different areas. I've lived all over the United States and the Caribbean, programming radio stations for consumption by the public to get high ratings, to get clients to advertise on them, that kind of thing. So I'm going to cover two major topics program directors as gatekeepers and why they really are that. This podcast was actually generated uh, in my mind the last couple days. um, John from Skillet posted a thing where he thinks rock is dying because program directors are gatekeepers and are not playing new bands and new bands don't get heard on the radio so they don't get popular and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is very funny coming from a guy who's had hits in Christian music. His band is a Christian band and even on non-Christian tours, he turns his show into a revival in the middle. So why he's acting out like this, I guess, is to get some press. But he does bring up a good point. And I want to cover that. I also want to cover the fact that we're living in 2019 and artists need to create their own stories. So those are the two big topics of this. And I'm going to kind of ramble stream of consciousness here because I have quite a bit of experience with both. Let's start with radio. Back in the 70s, an album-oriented format came around where program directors and DJs would pick up albums and just play cuts off of them. You got to know the album, and you bought the album, and albums, kind of what people are, the vinyl resurgence now. You you would put it on, you'd listen to a side, you'd read the lyrics, you'd get into it, you'd flip it over, you'd read the lyrics, you'd read the liner notes. Kind of why I got the name Rockfile. I used to read all the liner notes while I was listening to stuff, and I remember all that crap. So (laughs) anyway, that... That became how people consumed music, and there were radio stations formatted that way that had a lot of freedom. But as technology grew, as society grew, radio became a very consumable product, even more than it had been in the 50s and 60s. Um, You need to pick an audience, And you need to serve that audience. You can't just go on the radio and play any song you want. Not these days. It just doesn't work that way. And it hasn't worked that way for decades. So when I got into music in college radio, I did my first air shift at the end of 1984. And got my, we used to have to get an actual FCC license. I got my first one in January of 1985. So I consider that kind of beginning of my career. But we had two turntables. We were the second or third radio station in the state of Georgia to have a CD player behind 96 Rock in Atlanta, WKLS. And on the wall, we had these shelves. And the shelves were different lengths, and in the shelves were albums. When a new album came in, the music director sat down with the album, listened to the whole album, and then on the label marked the cuts that he recommended to play. That may sound a little bit like, I don't know, censorship or whatever, but it really helps when you're busy, you're in the studio, and you need to pick a song. You may not be that familiar with the album. You don't have time to listen to the whole album, but you need to play a song next kind of thing. 
So the shelves were of different lengths. The heavy rotation songs, that was a very short shelf. And you could play anything on the left side of the divider. Once you finished with that song, that album, you would put it on the right side of the divider. And it was a good shift when you got to the end of dividers and could move the whole divider back to the right and play anything you wanted on the shelf. But there was heavy, medium, and light rotations, each shelf being a little bigger so it would take longer for those albums to come around. And then there were gold formats that were massive shelves where, you know, there was every Zeppelin album or every Black Sabbath album and you couldn't play another cut off Zeppelin 4 until you played something off the other Zeppelin albums, you know, and moved them past the divider. So after a couple years of college radio, I got a job working in a local top 40 radio station where I learned a music scheduling program basically does the same thing. A music scheduling program, and there are quite a few out there that are in use these days, uh, and I, I hate to dispel any myths about radio, but we're not just guys sitting in a studio playing songs. It just doesn't work that way. Program directors and music directors generate a log. A log is scheduled by the music scheduler based on rules you set up for it. You have categories, heavy, medium, and light if you're a current radio station. You have different gold categories, usually broken up by era. If you're an oldie station, then you break up the, the, the dates by the era that the songs came out. If you're a contemporary station, well, the, the dates are much shorter. Like if you're a top 40 station, you only go back a few years because that's the attention span of that format. So things have gotten a little different as we get farther into the future of all of this, but the music scheduling is still the same. Songs are coded with an alternative sound or a heavy sound or a pop sound or, you know, you put sound codes on them, you put tempos, um, you put all of these aspects of the songs into the schedule program, you build some templates and you have it scheduled. Then the music director or program director sits there for several hours and tweaks that log until it's perfect in his eyes or his ears, so to speak. And that's what gets played on the radio the next day. Now, at some stations I've worked at, the jocks have a little freedom, especially in morning and afternoon drive. Requests come in, you want to change things. If you're not doing something like a no-repeat workday, you can mess with that format. This kind of thing happens for all the formats, for country, for urban, for top 40, for adult contemporary, for rock, for classic rock, you name it. Um, you just adjust based on the format of the music. And when you're talking radio, an FM radio signal, a 50,000-watt signal, has a 75-mile radius. And that's all the people who can listen to the radio in that radius. So when a company buys a radio station, they will put on a they will do a lot of research, and they will see what the people in that market want to listen to. And based on what's already in the market, and based on uh, maybe a hole they think they can fill, they will format a radio station a certain way to get a certain part of that audience. The goal being to try and get as either as high ratings as you can get, that usually translates into more money, or a format that clients want to advertise on. And that is how radio stations make money. Radio stations are money-making businesses. They have to. Transmitters cost a lot of money and power. Staffs, uh, that's why we have salespeople and that kind of thing. Internet radios kind of open things up where it doesn't cost me very much to run my radio stations every month, but I also don't make any money on them either. So the, the idea that a radio station just needs to play this song because it's great and it's sold a million copies doesn't really work in the context of 
this radio station has to play what fits this segment of the market they're going for, if that makes any sense to you. So when John came out and said that, you know, program directors are gatekeepers and they're not playing new music, well, maybe the stations in this market, the market's not into new music. Since you walk into a record store and don't find very many records anymore, Best Buy stopped carrying music, FYE, music and movies is in their title, Go in there and try and find more than a shelf of CDs. They still sell some vinyl because people are buying that, and there's a high markup on vinyl. But other than Amazon and, and everything else, everything's become downloadable. And so that's changed how people consume music. And then you add Spotify on top of it and these other services where you pay a monthly fee for the rights to stream music. I don't have a problem with those services per se, other than the fact that, A, they're not paying the artists what they're worth. Radio has to play, has to pay to play. We get free music from the record labels, but at the end of the quarter, we get a bill from ASCAP and BMI based on the number of songs we've played and how many times we played them. We have to submit our logs to them, and they say, well, you owe this much money, and then they give that money to the artists. That is a lot more money percentage-wise than what Spotify and the other services are giving them. Spotify, for millions of spins, give pennies to the artists. So in that aspect, I'm not a fan of Spotify. But on the fact of on the user end, that you pay a small monthly fee and you have the rights to listen to pretty much anything you want and can make your own playlist, that's great. That's, you know, the Netflix of music. I grew up buying music. I still buy music because what happens, you know, let's not think about a terrible day, but what if Spotify went out of business tomorrow? All that music that you listen to and you stream goes away. You don't own it. You don't get to keep it. So if you're not paying for a service that actually lets you download and keep the music, some of the previous services, they would let you download the music, but if the service went away, the rights to the songs would go away and you couldn't play them anymore. So I still buy CDs, and I'll occasionally buy a download because I want to own the music. If I like this album, I want to listen to it 10 years from now, and Spotify may not be here in 10 years, that kind of thing. And unfortunately, I have a massive music library and it takes me you know quite a bit of effort to move when I move to a new town but I like to own music for the same reason I like to own movies paying that 10 or 20 dollars means that I can watch that anytime I want that it is available it is in my library I own the rights to that and so that's the way I consume music and the way we should consume music. But I understand short attention spans, ease of use. That's why Spotify and the other streaming services are doing so well. But you don't own anything there. And they're not paying the artists very much. So going back to radio, program directors were the gatekeepers. When I get new music into my radio stations, I'm different. I, I am not trying to to satisfy a 75 mile radius my audience is worldwide if you have the internet you can stream rock file radio and in the beginning i was a more uh conservative mix trying to play more familiar music than new music but i realized there's a lot of people out there doing that there are thousands of classic rock stations there are thousands of mainstream rock stations i decided to be i'm the guy who plays the new stuff I'm the guy that finds stuff before just about anybody else. Now, the only radio station that I can even think of that beats me on timing is Octane on Sirius XM. And it's because they have deals with a record label, and they will play things 
well, I'm, I'm guessing, but they will play, from the sound of the radio station, they play things that the record label pays them to play, or, or do, do me a favor and play this. And they do get some things earlier than I do. But I get regular record service from all the, all the radio companies, or all the record labels in the United States, and a lot of the ones in Europe. And when I get something, I'm still that old school radio guy that, this is great, I'm going to put it on the radio right now. I don't have to wait for a VP or a consultant to tell me the song is testing well in another market, that it's played on this many radio stations. I was a musician growing up. I was a trumpet player. I can still read music. And so when I listen to a new rock song or a new pop song or whatever, my first opinion is, is it good or not? I mean, was the songwriter actually doing something good? Were they copying something else? Or is it just crap? Because there is, in all formats, there's crap rock, there's crap rap, there's crap pop, there's crap country, and there's some very good artists who make it in those genres. But I'm, I'm a huge rock fan, so that's kind of my whole career has had usually a rock station is at least one of the stations I'm running at the time. And I'm in a very lucky situation for the last seven and a half years where I can just get a new song. Record label in Europe says, hey, this is, this is a pretty good album. We want you to listen to it. I listen to it, and I find a couple songs I really like. I put them on the radio. <laughs> and people listen to it and go, I've never heard that before, but that's really good. This is how I discovered music as a kid. 96 Rock in Atlanta. They would play, when Queensryche first came out, they would play tracks off that EP in the middle of the night. I was in high school. We stayed up late. We, oh, wow, this band sounds like Iron Maiden with, with an operatic singer. You know, wow, Queensryche, wow. You know, that kind of thing. And that's kind of gone away. People want to hear the song that everybody else is listening to, that popular song. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with pop music and simple music. Getty Lee has a very famous phrase where he said one time that it's, it's easier to write the 12-minute prog rock epic than it is to write the three- or four-minute song that sticks in your head that you want to sing along with the windows down, or something along those lines. I paraphrase. It is, it is easier to write that giant piece of music than it is to write something that people will tap their toes to. That, that is a gift. There are songwriters. A lot of the pop and country music you hear on the radio are written by the same people. There are songwriters who are gifted to write hits. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's the kind of music you like, more power to you. I tend to like things that are a little more challenging. I like movies that I have to watch more than once to get the full meaning out of. I like albums that I have to listen to more than once to really digest. The new Opeth album, the new Tool album, these are not albums you just put on in the background. These are things that you listen to multiple times and go, wow, I get more out of it every time. It's a deeper experience. That's just me. Some people just want a good beat and something you can dance to, and that's fine. But to say that radio shouldn't be gatekeepers, a radio station where there's millions of dollars online and, and hundreds of thousands of listeners in their market can't just play every song that comes down the pike. Some songs don't fit the format. Some songs just aren't very good. Some bands don't translate well live. Some bands don't have a story. Some bands don't have a fan base. You can't just... There, it is the entire time I've been in radio, there's been baby garage bands who go, play our stuff, it's just as good as whoever else, you know? And I'm sorry, it's not. <laughs> you don't sound like Zeppelin. You don't sound like Godsmack. You don't sound, you know, you don't, Matchbox 20, whatever. You think in your mind you do, but you don't. And these days, with the technology that pretty much anybody can record anything anywhere, 
it is an amazing time for music, and those baby bands are sounding as good. I've got projects that are one or two guys. Sounds like a full band. The songs are deep, well-written, uh, compelling to listen to. I'm playing them on the radio alongside guys that spent millions of dollars to record in Abbey Road Studios. It, it, it is a whole new ball game. And when I hear people my age say, there's no good music out there, well, it's because as we get older, we don't do the work. We, after you get out of high school and college, life takes over. And you don't listen to albums and just sit there because you have other things to do. You don't go to a record store and look for new things to listen to because you have other things to do. And it's easier to go, well, my favorite format is the I, I just love music from the 80s or I just love music from the 90s. This is 2019. That was 30 and 40 years ago. If your mother had said growing up, well, I like movies from the, I like music from the 40s. I like music from the 50s you would be appalled. So it's interesting to me that as we get older, we get stuck with the music that was most popular when we were younger. And there's a very good psychological reason for that. It, it makes us feel good. Nostalgia is a great thing. But for real music lovers, there has never been a better time for music. I got more albums this year than I'm going to be able to squeeze on my top 25 of the year countdown that I do at the end of the year. Every year I seem to get more and more great albums, albums that are as good as the classics. I got a band from France the other day. They sent me their two CDs and said, let us know what you think. It's not quite up to like Pink Floyd's The Wall, but it's right under there. I mean, they've got some great guest musicians. They've got a great concept. The songwriting is really good. How they, The production, how they put it together. And I'm lucky that I have two internet radio stations where I can go, you know what, I'm going to play some of their songs next week. Because I can. But if I were, say I'm here in South Florida, we have no mainstream rock station. We have nobody playing new rock at all. This is why I get the interviews and the backstage passes and the concert tickets, because I'm here in South Florida, but my audience is literally worldwide. Some of my biggest sisters are in Germany and Norway and, and Italy and things like that. So there is an audience for just about any kind of music all over the world, and the internet is breaking down those boundaries of what FM used to be. Because even an FM radio station, programmed very well, puts a stream on and gets listeners from around the world. But again, they still have to concentrate on where their advertisers are or where their ratings are. That's the two ways that stations make money. Advertisers or good ratings that they take to the advertisers. And radio stations have to make money to stay in business. And it is a business. And it would be nice if the business was to play everything new that came across their desk, but that's not the way business works. You pick the right songs. You play them at the right times. That's how FM radio works, and, and to a further extent, satellite radio. But internet radio is a little more Wild West, a little more like the early 70s, where we can just play anything we want. Now, I took all my years of radio experience and formatted my radio stations the way I would format an FM radio station, but the ears I use are much broader in sense. Like, I started with a progressive rock station, and you would think this is all fruity, strange music about elves and, and unicorns and things like that. But for me, progressive music today encompasses music that is basically too complicated for mainstream rock listeners. The station was on for a month. We had listeners in over 20 countries, and a few friends went, well, can you play some music that's a little more familiar? <laughs> so that's why I started Fire, the other 
radio station. I call it a hard rock station. But really, it's any new rock that fits next to the rock I've chosen, that this is we're going to champion, what I consider to be good music. And this is my opinion. This is what I get paid for. It's what I've always gotten paid for, is to have an opinion about music. And it's an informed opinion because I can read music. I can play music. I understand what it takes to write a song. It's not easy. But I also put myself in the ears of the listener and what the listener wants. And sometimes a listener doesn't want that 13-minute Tool song. I understand that. It's one of my favorite things on the planet, but it doesn't you know, it doesn't appeal to everyone. So my stations are mainstream versions of these album-oriented rock stations of the past. I still want people to listen to them. Every other song on the radio stations is something familiar if you're into that kind of music. On Fire, you're going to hear some Godsmack and some Disturbed and some Five Finger Death Punch and some other popular bands, but in between, you're going to hear some brand new up-and-coming artists, the Zero Theorems and the Eve to Adams, and same thing on the progressive side. We play Yes and Rush and, and, and Genesis and some of the old progressive music that started the whole progressive Aggressive genre, but we're also playing new bands like Leprous and King Crow, and well, I basically built the whole station around Stephen Wilson and Porcupine Tree because I was a huge fan, and Riverside from Poland, and things like that. And again, I'm lucky that I can give music to people. I can let you hear these brand new things that I hear and go, these are worth listening to. You may not like every song on the radio stations, but I'm telling you, they're all quality. They're all worth listening to. And if you find a few that become your favorites and you want to buy the album or download the album, then do it. Support the artists because that keeps them in business. Because honestly, being in a band, being an artist is also a business. So this is going to segue into part two, artists need to create their own stories. Last year at a concert, Stephen Wilson made the distinction between entertainers and artists. Entertainers want to please as many as people as possible. Artists want to please themselves. <laughs> and it's not like, here's my new album, I don't care if you like it or not. But honestly, that's what most artists feel. Stephen Wilson, when he puts out a new album, is like, I really worked hard on this. I really like this. If you don't like it, okay, you know, I, I can accept that. But this is what I like, and this is what I wanted to produce. You take bands like ZZ Top or the Rolling Stones or the Eagles or whatever, they've stopped making new music. They have become entertainers. They were artists. Hotel California is an epic achievement for any band. Early ZZ Top albums are really incredible listens. But Zeppelin, you name it. But these bands become entertainers because you want to hear the hits. Bob Seger just did his last tour. He played nothing but the hits because that's what you grew up with. Those are the albums you loved growing up. And there's nothing wrong with being an entertainer. That's a very broad form of entertainment. You know, they play to your heartstrings. They play to your nostalgia. I tend to be on the artist's side of things. And I, it rubs me raw when somebody says, artists like ZZ Top. When was the last time they put out a new album? When was the last time Rolling Stones put out a new album that was good? Um, nothing wrong with them every once in a while putting out something new, but they don't tour on that. They tour on the classics that you know and love. And again, there is nothing wrong with being an entertainer. But I'm in the business to find art to play, to, you know, even hard rock songs that you may not think are artistic are. It, 
a lot of thought went into the sound, the production, the songwriting, what the message they wanted to get across. And so I'm very much into the artistic merit of songs more than the popularity of songs. But like I said, I've programmed top 40 music. I know playing a pop song, what a good pop song sounds like, somebody that's going to listen to it 3,000 times in their car and sing along with it, great. There's a lot of those stations out there. have nothing against them. If they need my help, give me a call. I'm a good consultant. But I love rock. I love progressive rock. I love and even some metal. I love things that are thought-provoking. I love things that are interesting. I love things that are different than the norm. And that's my personal taste. So my radio stations are a bit of both. A bit of let's get some mainstream and, and have you some familiar music to listen to. But also let's play these bands that will be classic 20 years from now. Because I tell you, one day the Rolling Stones will be gone. One day ZZ Top is, you know, Bob Seger is done. The Eagles are done. They just announced their Hotel California tour. We're going to play Hotel California. That album came out in 1976, That was a long time ago. And Fleetwood Mac, Rumors, another great album. These are classic things that are in our subconscious, that are in our nostalgia. But that was their artistic thing then. Now they're entertainers just playing something they've played for 20, 30, 40 years. So still at my age, still very interested in hearing new music and new bands that have a story to tell. And that's where we are in 2019. With the internet... You can do anything you want. Artists, stop looking at radio to make your career. Stop looking at any one thing to make your career. You need to make a story for yourself. You write music so people will hear it and hopefully like it. You tour incessantly so people will like your stage presence and like what you do live. You need to make a story. And and for what's-his-name from Skillet to go, because radio stations don't play it, bands don't make it. Really? Iron Maiden had a couple songs on the radio 35 years ago. They have never had radio support. They've never wanted radio support. They don't care. Their current tour sold out across the country. They tour the world every couple of years in their own plane. They've bought all their stage equipment. They have bought their own planes. They, They handle everything internally. Their fans love them for this because they don't really give a rip. They make the music they want to make, and they get to tour with it every couple of years. That is the quintessential essence of what bands can do today. Social media is free to use. Bands, create your stories. Shoot a low-budget video. Make it on your own. Make it on your iPhones. You can make a decent video on an iPhone. Put your song behind it. Upload it to YouTube. Share it to Twitter and Facebook and wherever else you want to share it. And start creating a story. Start creating that base. Don't go, well, we didn't make a radio station. Wouldn't play our music. You didn't make it because that was part of the... Part of the the local radio station wouldn't play your music, but what about another station in another state? What about another station in another country? That's why there's internet radio. That's why bands have come to appreciate me. They don't have a big record deal, but they have a really quality album that got mastered by somebody who knows what they're doing, and they send it to me and I play it. That's a pretty simple thing to happen. But again, people have to be listening to my radio station. People have to figure out what the song is. People have to, you know, there is a little bit of work involved in being a music fan these days. And artists, you need to do what you can to make people work less to hear you, to enjoy you. Put it out there. Have constant output. 
take pictures from the studio, take pictures on the road, take pictures of your dog or cat. Uh, you know, make stories, make connections with people, and build fan base. As you can tell, my podcasts are recorded live and not in an airtight room because that was Archer the dog who's barking at somebody outside. I don't edit my podcasts. I'm sorry. It's stream of thought. So anyway, I firmly believe that artists, and this is half of my entire career, put too much of the weight on we need to be popular, we need to be played on your radio station. Yes, radio has been influential in breaking thousands of bands for many, many decades Every human being polled says, well, I hear new music on the radio. Uh, YouTube is now starting to become a thing where people get new music. There are other, you know, Spotify, whatever. But for many, many decades, radio was the number one answer to the question, how do you hear new music? How do you consume new music? How do you find out about new music? And there are many more pieces to that puzzle now. And for what's his name from John from Skillet to say that radio gatekeepers aren't letting new music be played is silly. Because if you're worried about the radio station in whatever Iowa and you're not sending it to all the radio stations worldwide, you're hedging your bets on just a few. And that doesn't make any sense to me in modern times. There are so many outlets to play new music. Get your stuff on Tidal. I, I figure it's probably expensive. They're pretty expensive monthly fees. But Tidal is a great way to listen to high-end music if you're tired of MP3s and some of the screechy sound that comes from them. Um, Tidal is a high-end streaming platform, very much like Spotify, but all high-end, high-quality forms of digital files that sound better when you stream them, whether it's on your computer, in your car, on your phone, whatever. A lot of people consume music on their phones these days, which is not an optimal way to consume music. I wish everybody had a great stereo system. This is why people are getting into vinyl now, because it's better sound quality. I will fully admit that an album on a kick-ass turntable and a kick-ass kick sound system is an incredibly warm, very natural, in-the-studio kind of sound. I personally got rid of most of my vinyl because I don't have the time to take care of my turntable and stylus. I don't have the right system. I got into surround sound. And, and for me, bands that release surround sound mixes, Stephen Wilson has been Grammy-nominated for his surround sound mixes, that sounds better in my sound system than a two-channel vinyl recording in my system. On your phone, you're not going to tell much difference between vinyl and digital. You're really not. Um, people that buy these cheap systems where it's a turntable and its speakers are inside, you're really not enjoying the full vinyl experience. You need big speakers, you need a good amplifier, you need a very good turntable with a very good cartridge, and you will get an incredible sound from vinyl. But paying $30 for an album if you don't have that kind of setup is a little ridiculous in my eyes because, well, you're just supporting a format because your parents don't listen to it anymore or whatever. And now CDs are going away, and CDs are incredible sound quality. Yeah, some sound a little strident or too compressed or whatever, but we're getting past those sound wars of the early 21st century. Music is mastered better now. Music sounds better now. And there are so many bands out there that have they have heard Stephen Wilson mixes and have heard some of these other artists that pay a lot of attention to how their music sounds, you know, quality production-wise, that they are emulating that as well. 
And it doesn't need to be the loudest thing on the dial. It doesn't need to be the loudest thing in your player. I, I get some files and I throw them in my, my editor, my audio editor that I'm using right now to record this. And there's no peaks and valleys. There's no headroom. There's no levels to the music. It's just a solid green line of, of noise. You know, take a step back, pull things back a little bit. Don't try and be the loudest band out there unless you're a death metal band. Then, of course, then compress it and push it to the max and redline those VU meters and go crazy. But for the average listener, that gets fatiguing. And music needs to have peaks and valleys. Radio stations need to have peaks and valleys. Have some variety on your albums. Don't make every song sound the same. Artists, I beg you, Make the music you want to make, but then create your own stories with it. Maybe you can't do a video. Maybe you do a slideshow. Maybe you've got an artist in the band and you just do artwork and put the music behind it. Do something that shows that you have artistic merit, that you're just not another band that just wants to be another Zeppelin or another Godsmack and play to arenas and play the same 12 songs every night and that kind of thing. Put your art out there, create your own story, build your own fan base. When Trent Reznor walked away from the music industry and said, I'm going to do things on my own, he started selling his music on his website. Didn't worry about record labels, didn't worry. He sold a million copies. It can be done, people. <laughs> um, you can do it without radio. You can do it without streaming services. It can be done. But in my opinion, you need to use all the tools that are available to you. Try and get on the radio station, and if one, two, ten say no, there's going to be a few that are going to say yes. Try and get it on Tidal and Spotify and YouTube. Be everywhere people consume music are. These people who are looking for new music, that are tired of hearing the same stuff in their libraries. I remember as a kid, you get into a, a car with a friend and he had 20 cassettes. And if you hung out with that guy for a year, you heard all the music he owned. I had three cassette cases, you know, and I had over 100 cassettes in the car. I currently have a hard drive that I can load a 1,000 songs on in my car. And the average radio station plays a little over 300 songs a day. And if they're a current radio station, they play some of those songs more than once, maybe five or six times a day. So that in a week, my radio stations play over 1,200 songs is pretty good because we are current-based radio stations. We play our heaviest songs on fire, play about 29, 30 times a week. The heaviest songs on ice, because progressive rock is longer, play 21 to 24 times a week. So if you do the math, that's like four or five times a day. We're really not pounding music. A top 40 station will have 100 spins a week on a song. But every time you get in the car, they want you to hear what's popular at the moment. Not exactly what I'm doing, but there is an audience for that too. So if you're a pop band, make a song that doesn't get tiresome after 200 spins or 1,000 spins. Listen to these songs over and over and over until you know that they're consumable by the audience you're going for. If you're going for guys that like progressive metal, then make it interesting. Make it complex. Make it, make it difficult to digest at first. Uh, movies like Blade Runner 2049 find an audience. That movie has deep layers and was boring to some people. To other people, it was the most amazing movie ever made because somebody took the time to put layers into that movie to, to give you so much to chew on and so much to think about that people are still writing essays on that movie. 
and I just use that as an analogy. If, if, if that's the kind of art you want to make, then make art. And if you want to be popular, then make art that's going to be popular. It's, it's not rocket scientists, but you ha- science, you have to do the work. Bands that say radio doesn't play me on Spotify, you're missing the point here. There are thousands of way to get your, ways to get your music out there. Use them all at your disposal. Don't just blame radio for not playing music because they're businesses. They have to make money. They have to play what's right for their audience from right for their advertisers. It's not their fault. And don't say, well, they suck because they won't do that. If you had a business, you would want people to come in and buy whatever you are selling. And you couldn't just sell anything you wanted. You're a comic book store, but you want to sell tires. You know, people are not going to come into the comic store to buy tires. Same thing is people don't come to my radio stations to listen to Billie Eilish. You know, it's it, that's not what we do. She's a very talented young artist who's probably going to grow into something pretty amazing because she's doing things differently. Not always thrilled with what she puts out, but that she's trying different things and not just trying to be another singer with another pop song is refreshing in the industry. And so I'm in my corner of the universe, I'm looking for interesting. I'm looking for artists who are trying to get their art out there and trying to get their art heard. And yes, I play a lot of mainstream stuff, but this is good quality. There is nothing wrong with bands that sold a million copies. The album was obviously well-made and a lot of people like it. But for somebody to go, I've got you know 10,000 or I've got 10 million Spotify streams. Well, people are paying a small monthly fee and they'll listen to anything for free. You'll watch anything on Netflix. You will watch bad movies on Netflix because there's nothing else to watch. Not what I'm into. I'm not just going to play bad songs and hope that you will stick around because most people in the internet, if they hear a song they don't like, they tune out and they go listen to something else. And so I don't want you to do that. My songs all kind of go together. They kind of flow and and fit into the mix. And most radio stations that are well-programmed are that way. So that's the reason why program directors are gatekeepers and should be. They were back in the 50s and 60s. The program director would hear a new song and go, this fits the radio station. Um, I, when I hear a new song, it fits one of my radio stations or it doesn't. For example, I'll wrap this up shortly. The band Leprous has grown from a progressive metal band that was quite abrasive in the beginning to something very melodic, very consumable, uh, almost pop sounding the new album is freaking amazing it is probably the best thing they've ever done but there are fans out there going look to me if an artist is going to make the same album over and over they get boring acdc peaked at highway to hell and back in black after back in black every album sounds like back in black for their fans there's nothing wrong with that for the tours they were always great live but the songs all sound the same Metallica tried to evolve. People kind of rebelled a bit. Lulu was not a great project. It really wasn't. But at least they're trying to still be artistic in what they do. But they're on their way to becoming entertainers because Metallica still, the majority of their show is based on their old music. Nothing wrong with that. Enjoy it. Go see the shows. They're fucking great live. I'm sorry. Um, but again, New artist, you're trying to break through. You have more opportunities than music has ever had. Watched an interview with Will Smith a couple nights ago. He was like, when we wanted to make an idea for a TV show or movie, it would take months to get that out. You had to get funding. You had to find the right people to film it and make it. And, and these days, 
with your phone, with your computer, you get an idea, you can throw it down right now. Within an hour or two, you can have it uploaded. These podcasts, I whip these things out and upload them immediately. There's no waiting. I don't have to get anything approved. It doesn't cost me anything but time. And I, I give you my opinion or I interview this artist and then I upload it. It's simple. You can consume it anytime you want. You can subscribe to my podcasts and, and you can follow my radio stations and you can listen to things at your leisure. That's what's great about the internet. And people complaining that they don't want to use that, that they just want to get on their local radio station because that'll make them popular. Well, there's a, it's a lot more involved. Maybe people don't really like your music. Maybe people don't really want to hear something new from that style or whatever. But there are other outlets out there. And for what I do... People want to hear new stuff, new rock, new prog. That's what I play. That's what I do. There's some familiar stuff in there, but otherwise, boom. So program directors are gatekeepers, and they should be. Artists need to make their own stories, and you can do that so easily these days. Go out there, make some art, upload it everywhere you can, and hopefully people will find you. And if they don't, keep trying. For seven and a half years, I've been trying. I don't pay for any kind of advertising. I just work really hard at what I do. And eventually, people will listen. We have listeners in 168 countries now. And I thank you so much for your support. Buy some merch. It helps keep it helps pay the bills and keep the radio station on the air. So those are my opinions from somebody who's been in the radio business over three decades. For somebody who was a musician coming up. Somebody who really loves music to this day. I love all kinds of music. I listen to jazz. I listen to classical. But as I told my stepdad one day, why don't you work on a station that plays classical music? I said, well, all the classical music has been made. And most of it's several hundred years old. It's, it's not exciting to me to hear yet another version of Stravinsky or Bach or Beethoven. Those are great pieces of music. I have them memorized. I know them. But I'm somebody who consumes new music all the time and want to learn new songs and hear new songs and enjoy new songs. And hopefully you're like me and listen to my radio stations. So that's my opinion. This was a long, opinionated podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I will have a few more things like this. I have some interesting top ten lists coming up that I'm going to post. But I'm also doing short spoiler-free reviews of music and movies, so enjoy those too. You can find my podcasts on just about every podcasting service, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. If you can't find my podcast on the service you use, please let me know and I will fix that. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. You can also check out Rockfile Radio, Rockfile Retail is my store. We also have merch for my different projects, so you can buy some stuff there and help support things without just giving us money. So I appreciate it, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.